Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there. Welcome to The Tint, a podcast dedicated to the art and science of natural style aquariums. I'm Scott Fellman, fish geek, amateur philosopher of all things aquatic, occasional provocateur, and definitely an enthusiastic hobbyist. Today's episode is called One Person's Trash. As we move forward into the work of botanical style aquariums, it seems that we're starting to acquire the skills, the mindset, and the nuances to advance the state of the art. One of the things that we've discussed a lot here and elsewhere is how botanicals begin to break down and decompose and what their impact is on the overall ecosystem of a botanical style natural aquarium. The first thing to think about is that leaves, seed pods, and the other botanical materials that we use are that they are more or less ephemeral in their nature. As soon as you place them in the aquarium, their terrestrial materials, they begin to recruit bacterial biofilms, slough off some of their outer tissues, and impart any bound up tannins, organics, and nutrients into the water. They start breaking down. The biofilms and organic materials become an integral part of the closed ecosystem in the aquarium. And as such, they influence the water chemistry and the nutrient load. Now, at first you think to yourself, damn, all this crap can just take my water quality south really quickly. Well, sure it could if you add too much, go too fast, and are lax on other basic aspects of aquarium husbandry. You know, stocking the aquarium, conducting regular water exchanges, filter media replacement, etc., etc., Now, if added in a patient, measured manner, particularly in an established stable aquarium, the bacterial population, the higher uh, organisms like microcrustaceans, etc., and ultimately your fishes will have the opportunity to multiply and consume the food byproducts produced by the botanical materials as they break down. And the process, which should make sense to all of those of you who have studied the nitrogen cycle and closed aquarium husbandry and management over the years, typically generates more questions to the uninitiated to our concept. It can be a bit counterintuitive. I mean, we're talking about throwing a bunch of botanical stuff into an otherwise clean aquarium. Yeah. Apart from what botanicals should I use for a whatever type of setup, the most common questions that we receive here at Tannin Aquatics are, do I leave them in or do I let them break down in my tank? And of course, our simple answer is, it's your call. Now, this is an important question. How we answer it, how we work with it, has fundamental implications for how we operate our Blackwater Botanical-style aquariums. It's as much about your aesthetic preferences as it is about the long-term health of the aquarium. It's a decision that each of us makes based on our tastes, our management style, and how much of a mental shift we've made into accepting the transient nature of a Blackwater Botanical-style aquarium and its function. There really is no right or wrong answer here. It's all about how much you enjoy what happens naturally versus what you can control in your aquarium. Now, I tend to favor nature, but that's just me. I like the idea of leaving the materials in my aquarium until they break down completely. A long, long time ago, I made that mental shift to a philosophy that says, hey, it's okay to have some decomposing stuff and some biofilms and detritus 
in your tank. It's natural looking and it facilitates natural biological functions. Now, the caveat here is that I didn't just give myself permission to neglect my tanks or avoid basic husbandry. No, 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 no. That wasn't the point. The point is to accept that materials breaking down in our aquariums can provide, I guess you'd call it fuel, for the biological processes which create long-term stability in a closed system. Now, like any other aquarium, a botanical-style aquarium results on time-honored practices of maintenance, nutrient export, and attention from you, the aquarist. However, one of the things that we have uh, uh, seen in our systems is an abundance of potential food sources for a myriad of organisms that reside in our tanks. We're very much creating a little microcosm, and it needs to respect the checks and balances which nature imposes. And of course, you know, we can't ever lose sight of the fact that we are creating and adding to a closed ecosystem, and that our actions in how we manage our tanks, they must map to our ambitions, our tastes, and the regulations, if you will, that nature imposes on us. Quite honestly, she'll absolutely kick your ass if you don't pay attention to husbandry. I 100% guarantee it, full stop. So allowing plants, fishes, shrimp, and bacteria the chance to utilize the decomposing botanicals in their life cycle is an important part of the game, in my opinion. Being overly fastidious about siphoning out every speck of dirt, every piece of botanical materials it breaks down is just simply overkill, in my, in my opinion. And it can be just as detrimental as overdoing things. Nature strikes a balance. Nature strives on efficiency. When you're adding botanicals to a tank, you're not just doing aquascaping in the traditional sense. You're laying down the groundwork, the foundation for a, what I call a biological operating system that takes your aquarium uh, into whatever form it will eventually take. As such, you need to think about big picture stuff here. You know, that functional aesthetic thing we talk about, it's more than just the look, it's the function. And while we're talking about adding botanicals, from time to time, I need to revisit the so-called doomsday scenarios that could occur. Now, it's important to note that the very few disasters that we've been told about with botanical-style aquariums typically happen under a few, and I mean a very few, circumstances or situations which contribute to them. And typically, they're like this. Number one, the, the aquarist didn't prepare anything as instructed. There's a reason why we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money creating instructions and uh, recommendations for how to prepare each and every botanical that we use in our aquarium. It makes sense. Um, I'm not going to go over it here because we've talked about it ad nauseum on the site. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode, but it's all over our written blog, The Tint, and you can check it out. And of course, check out our prep instructions. And now, number two, the other thing that happens in these doomsday scenarios is a significant amount of botanicals relative to the water volume was added all at one time to a long-established aquarium. When I have seen this, it's usually a person with a very small nano aquarium, like two or three gallons, and they've added an entire pack of you know leaves or pods or whatever to the tank. That creates a problem. The third scenario is sort of similar adding a significant amount of botanicals to an established tank in a really short period of time, like within a couple of days. What happens is, the, again, the biological filter system, i.e. the bacterial growth and so forth, gets overwhelmed and it cannot handle all that influx of nutrients. Now, again, there's always anomalies, but these situations are almost setups for some type of issues, in my opinion. And typically what happens is you'll see your fishes gasping at the surface for oxygen, which becomes rapidly depleted by the addition of a large influx of materials breaking down. 
And that can also, again, overwhelm the biological filtration capacity of your tank. It sets up a daisy chain of bad events. Now, usually the rescue consists of, you know, vigorous filtration or aeration, a lot of water changes, removing the botanicals, using some activated carbon, etc. You know, the typical emergency fixes for problems like this. In my opinion, the best preventative is to go slowly, to consider the impacts of what you're doing. The reality is adding botanicals to your tank and using them, replacing them regularly, etc., all that stuff, it's no more dangerous than anything else we do as aquarists. You simply need to go slowly, apply common sense, follow our prep instructions, and observe your tank carefully. It's not set and forget. It's active management. Is it a guarantee of success? Of course not. Can you have some weird combination of events, local water composition, overly sensitive fishes, etc., which could give you a disastrous outcome? Of course. Be careful, be responsible, and be thoughtful. And of course, the stuff, when it breaks down, what does it do? It creates detritus. Yeah, detritus. What exactly is that stuff? You know, we've been told for decades in the aquarium hobby that it's bad freaking news. Well, you know, on the surface, the definition of detritus does seem a bit, well, dangerous. Let's hear it. It's detritus is a dead form of dead particulate organic matter. It typically includes the bodies or fragments of dead organisms as well as fecal material. Detritus is typically colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize the material. That's from the aquarium wiki. Wow. Not only did I botch that up, but it sounds really scary, doesn't it? It's one of the most commonly used terms in the aquarium hobby, and one which, well, quite frankly, sends shivers down the spine of many aquarium hobbyists. And judging from that definition, it sounds like something you absolutely want to avoid having in your tank, don't you? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, dead organisms and fecal material, it's not everybody's idea of a good time, right? Yet, when you really think about it, detritus is an important part of the aquatic ecosystem, providing fuel for microorganisms and fungi at the base of the food chain in tropical streams. In fact, in natural blackwater systems, the food inputs into the water are channeled by decomposers like fungi, which act upon leaves and other organic materials in the water to break them down. And that leaf litter community of fishes, fungi, and microorganisms is really important to these wild systems because it assimilates the terrestrial material into the black water aquatic system and it acts to reduce the loss of nutrients to the forest which would inevitably occur if all the stuff just washed downstream so detritus and breaking down very important this sounds all well good and grandiose but what are the implications of these processes and the resultant detritus for the closed system aquarium well first off let's admit that some of the stuff just doesn't look that nice to most of us i get that and that's partially why the recommendation for a good part of the century or so we've kept aquariums is to siphon it the hell out. And of course, that's good advice from an aesthetic standpoint, and for that matter, from a husbandry standpoint as well. Excessive amounts of accumulating waste materials can lead to increased phosphate, nitrate, and other problems, including blooms of nuisance algae. Emphasis on the word excessive here, which begs the question, of course, what is excessive in this context anyway? I'm not going to guess. <laughs> we'll have to determine that for ourselves. Now, most hobbyists don't have the time, the inclination, or even the optimized system set up to take advantage of a small accumulation of this stuff. Notice I said advantage. However, with the importance of detritus in creating food webs and wild leaf litter communities, which we're now trying to replicate in our aquariums, could there actually be some benefit to allowing a little of this stuff to accumulate? 
or at least not freaking out and removing every single microgram of detritus as soon as it appears? I think so. I really do. Is it another one of those long-held aquarium truisms that for 90% of what we do is absolutely the correct way to manage our tanks, but for a small percentage of aquarists with the means, the curiosity, and the inclination to experiment could actually prove detrimental in some way? Okay, now I know a bunch of you are thinking, this guy Fellman is nuts. Letting detritus accumulate in an aquarium is bad news, a recipe for problems or worse. And not only that, this Fellman guy has no idea of the implications of what he's suggesting. Well, as far as the first part of your thought, yeah, I could be a bit crazy. On the other hand, I think I do have some idea of the implication of what I'm postulating here. First off, remember, I'm not suggesting that everyone throw away their siphons and just allow shit, literally, to accumulate in their aquarium substrate in the interest of creating a food web. No, sir, that's not what I'm talking about. What I am curious about is if there's some benefit in a botanical blackwater system of encouraging a bit more of that fungal and microbial growth, utilizing, among other things, the organic detritus that inevitably is produced in a well-managed, well-populated aquarium. I mean, if you're doing water changes and removing uneaten food, dead fishes, aquatic plant leaves, etc., you're already significantly reducing the food inputs available to the organisms on the low end of the food chain, right? And in a typical aquarium, well-maintained with regular water changes and removal of all the detritus, our fishes are almost 100% dependent upon us to provide food, right? Now, usually there's very little food, supplementally anyway, for fishes to forage in most aquariums, other than the occasional algal film, assuming they're herbivores, or maybe a particle of uneaten food, or maybe some detritus. So when we create these this militant near sterility in our aquariums, which do at least superficially recommend, you know, resemble true ecosystems, might it actually be detrimental in some way? I mean, you're removing one component of a natural cycle and replacing it with this high-octane shotgun approach substitute of just taking everything out. Can it be said that this actually creates, perhaps, an unnecessary, I don't know, dependency of sorts on human intervention? At the very least, are we actually making the management of aquariums more challenging by sort of fighting nature and simply not thinking this all the way through? Doesn't nature, if left to her own devices, tend to keep excesses of all sorts more or less in check? Now, again, I'm not suggesting to abandon all your husbandry practices, of course. I'm just suggesting that we think about the hows and whys a bit more, perhaps with a different viewpoint. So perhaps, maybe, is there just some merit in the idea of leaving a bit of detritus in the system, say, in the leaf litter bed to help fuel the fungal and microorganism growth that forms the basis of our little ecosystem? I mean, think of some possible benefits to our aquariums here. Having a more complete assortment of fungi and microorganisms could lead, ultimately, to a more stable, more efficient aquarium system, right? Yeah, I realize that an aquarium is not an open system with huge volumes of water throughput, replenishment by rain, and pulses of materials being added to the aquarium, to the system, excuse me. However, we do replicate some of these processes via water exchanges, media replacement, and even adding botanicals, right? So why don't we do more by like, you know, letting stuff break down in situ, allowing a bit of detritus to accumulate, letting the fishes and other organisms utilize it as food. Yeah, food. And maybe a biological support system which can process nutrients, nitrate, and phosphate via bacterial growth. So it makes sense to let some of this material remain in our tanks, right? If you're not wiping out a percentage of the ecosystem's primary decomposers and food sources weekly with your ultra-intense maintenance, wouldn't there perhaps be some advantages? 
And don't a lot of young fishes consume what we collectively call infusoria, microorganisms, as a part of their initial diet? Wouldn't it make sense to have a larger population of some of these organisms available to our fishes at all times in the aquarium to supplement the artificial diets that we provide? I mean, could the fry rearing system of the future be a tank with a big bed of leaf litter and a terrestrial soil substrate? Much like what we've done in the reef aquarium world over the past decades, I think that those of us who ply in this little niche of the freshwater world would need to look at our systems more holistically and consider each component of the aquarium as an integral part fulfilling a valuable role. Much like the deep sand beds and live rock of the reef aquarium world, can a deep leaf litter or botanical bed with lots of botanicals in one of our aquariums foster those beneficial organisms which can accomplish denitrification, among other things? And in such a deep layer of botanicals or leaves, would you want to replace them on a more frequent basis to prevent you know, maintenance liabilities in the long term? Then again, for that matter, are decomposing leaves on this scale a maintenance liability? Or could they be considered a carbon source? You know, the freshwater equivalent of bio pellets to fuel beneficial bacterial growth within the system, creating really, really good nutrient processing capacity, as opposed to being some sort of destroyer of water quality. Could we be missing something? Could it actually be that a deep layer of botanicals and leaves is actually a key to creating a biologically stable aquarium once you reach, say, a certain depth? If the overall husbandry of the tank is good, maybe. Now, I've never had any issues with the relatively small open layer of leaves in any of my tanks. Now, we're talking about one to three inches, which is about two and a half to seven and a half centimeters or so. Now, I just wonder if the dynamic changes significantly for better or for worse, for that matter, when you approach, oh, like a foot of depth in an aquarium. Something we'll just have to see, I suppose. At the very least, looking at our botanicals and our leaves and the resulting decomposition, the detritus, the organics as a fuel for beneficial processes is something that I think we should do. It's time for more work. Time to look at the stuff more seriously. It's time not to be afraid, not to dismiss things outright just because they all say you shouldn't. Yeah, it may indeed be true the old expression about one person's trash is someone else's treasure. It could become part of our mantra as we move forward. Uh, we might very well treasure our decomposing leaves and the associating biosha that they bring. I, I think so. I really do. Stay curious about this. Stay grounded. Stay diligent. Stay progressive. Stay exciting. And above all, stay logical. And above all, above all, above all, always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks very much for listening. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of The Tint. Thank you.